Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Okay, yeah, I'll go bring that up. You know, as I was uh, making that reference to being a senior, Tim Porter, happy birthday, by the way. Uh, you're, you're one year closer, aren't you, friend? Oh, yeah, it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Okay, hey, listen, we are continuing in our series based on this book evangelism without additives? What if sharing your faith meant just being yourself? I know many of you have purchased this book. You're going through it. And uh, also some of our small groups are going through it as well. Uh, It is so practical. And many of you have shared with me how this has really changed your understanding of what it means to live with intentionality for Christ in the world. Uh, recognizing that God has placed you strategically in the world right where you're at. That's not an accident, by the way. That's providential. And that He has allowed you to have a network of relationships. And it's within that network, uh, like we were sharing this morning with the mystery box, that you live your faith, uh, that people see you, and uh, they wonder about you. Some, they wonder about you more than others, but they wonder about you. And over time, as you build relationship, you have the opportunity to share your life with people. And as you share your life, you have the opportunity to share about Christ and who He is and the difference He's made in your life. Sometimes that opportunity comes very quickly. Other times, that opportunity comes over the course of time or perhaps many years. But your life is a witness, and people are watching. And you'd be surprised at at how many people uh, watch from the the fringes of life, like Zacchaeus in our story this morning, Uh, how he was on the, the fringe, paying attention to what was going on, and in particular, Uh, with a person named Jesus Christ. So much so that he raced up ahead and he tried to get the 
very best spot he possibly could to observe and see what Jesus is doing. Well, you know what? There are people that you're not even aware of that are getting the best possible spot to observe and see what Jesus is doing in your life. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware of the opportunities, um, especially recognizing that there are people uh, on the fringes all around us that are paying attention. And that really is at the core of our, our story this morning. Uh, I remember uh, one time when I was working as a deputy sheriff in the L.A. County Jail. Uh, that was a lifetime ago. And I worked in, a, in an area called the Inmate Reception Center. And there were certain uh, residents or guests, as I like to call them, and uh, they were on work furlough. That is, they were very low-risk threat. They were allowed to go out in the morning to their job, and they had come back, and they spend the evening in the jail. And they'd have to do this for a period of time until their sentence was complete. And I used to check in these guys uh, every evening as they came back from work. And there was a very strict policy. They had to come back on time. They couldn't be late. If they were late then they would get what they called rolled up. And when you rolled somebody up, that meant they'd be taken off work furlough status and put in the mainline population. They couldn't keep their job. They'd have to do the rest of their time just in the mainline. Okay? And uh, that's not a good thing when, when someone got rolled up. So one day this uh, fellow came through uh, into the reception center, and he was late. He was about 20 minutes late. Okay? That's not a good thing. And he was visibly upset. And uh, I remember pulling him aside and saying, hey, you know, Louie, what's going on? You're always on time. Most of the time you're early. Why are you late today? You know the policy. And he said, my wife served me with divorce papers. And I went home to try to convince her not to do it. I'm trying to save my marriage. And it's like, wow, what do I do, right? I mean, I could roll him up, put him back in mainline. Or here's an opportunity. And I said, hey, do you mind if I, I share with you something I think could help? And he goes, no, no, I'll, I'll take any advice, just anything. Just please tell me. And I had the opportunity to share with him about the gospel and about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ coming into his life and, and making a difference in his life so that he'd be more attractive so his wife would want to be married to him, right? And, and, and how... As a man who's following Jesus, his life would change, and he'd be a better husband. He'd be a better father, and, and so on and so forth. I just shared that with him. And uh, he said, yeah, okay. And he went off up back into his, his place in the jail. I did not roll him up, okay? I showed a little grace that day. It was my prerogative, and I exercised it. Never had a conversation with him again. Years later, years later, I'm working a parade in a town called Pico Rivera in Southern California. Okay? And I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm directing traffic, go this way, stop, go that way, you know, and the, the parade and there's a crowd and all this stuff's going on. And this car comes racing down the street and all of a sudden in the middle of the street it does a U-turn. It turns towards me. Now you imagine what I'm thinking, right? It stops just short of the curb. This guy jumps out with sunglasses. He starts running towards me. 
All right? Well, I, I take a couple steps back, you know, and I have my, my hand on my gun. and I'm kind of getting ready to break leather. You know, that means pull the gun out of the holster. <clears throat> I don't know what this guy's doing. He's running at me. This is a very unusual situation. And all of a sudden, he starts saying, Deputy Vaccaro, Deputy Vaccaro, Deputy Vaccaro, it's me, it's me. And I'm thinking, who is me? And he gets up towards me and he pulls off his glasses and says, it's Louie. I go, Louie? He goes, yeah, Louie Ledesma. Any of you know Louie? All right. He wouldn't mind me telling the story. And he goes, I thought I'd never get to see you again. Remember that day in the, in the jail? Remember that day you shared with me about, about Jesus and about becoming a better man and, and him changing my life? And, and you remember that? And I'm thinking, man, I'm trying to remember that, right? Meanwhile, I'm kind of scanning to make sure there's, a, you know. Anyway, and I said, why? Well, I, I think so. He goes, I never thought I'd get the chance to thank you. You know, I thought about what you said. And I didn't act on it right away, but eventually I did. I want you to know something. I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. My marriage is together. I'm holding down my job, and my life has been transformed. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. True story. Okay? I mean, it's just an amazing thing. Um, a conversation. Right? I mean, I didn't zero in. I didn't say, you got to receive Jesus today. I just shared about Jesus. I had a conversation with the man when he was receptive and he heard. And years later, I heard the fruit of that, saw the fruit of that. You know what? The same is true with your life. God will bring people in crisis. God will bring people at just the right time into your life that are just waiting for you to share the hope that lies within you. You know, when I think of people who do that and do it regularly and do a great job of it, People that count conversations rather than conversions. I mean, they're really intent on, on just sharing relationship, getting to know, and offering hope to those who will listen. I think of my good friend Aaron Hopkins. Aaron, come on up here. Aaron uh, is the executive director here at Eagle River for Young Life, and he works with kids. Uh, and what he does so well, the reason I asked him to share with you today in this chapter 5, counting conversions, or conversations, not conversions, is because what Aaron does so well is he meets people where they're at, he gets involved in their life, he shares life and relationship with them, and he has multiple conversations, and he waits for opportunity uh, to share uh, the most important thing in life. That's what Aaron does. Uh, Aaron and his wife, Maria, attend our church. In fact, Maria is on our church leadership team. And I thought, you know, Aaron's a great example of someone who counts conversations rather than conversions. And I thought Aaron could really share some perspective on this chapter with us today. So, Aaron, would you share with us some thoughts? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. love to. Thank you. <laughs> you. You have the mic. Oh, I was just going to shake your hand. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's me. It's hey. me. Todd <laughs> Let's have a good conversation right. sometime about that. All right. Uh, wow. This is, I've been reading this too. I didn't, he's come a long way since the Muppets. 
uh, Jim Henderson. But um, thanks. I, I thank you for laughing at the bad jokes there. Yeah, yeah. Hi, guys. Hey, so you guys probably don't know me because I go to the 11 o'clock service, not the 9 o'clock. It's a little early for me. Um, but yeah, we have six kids, my wife and I, uh, ranging from 17 years old to seven. Uh, we're originally from Maryland, so we're on the other side of the continent. And we've been living up here and going to this church for like four years, <laughs> almost four years. Is this a little loud? Am I doing it? It sounds loud up here. You're good. Okay. All right. Well, you know... Um, I wanted to share with you uh, just a little bit about evangelism and kind of relating some of the things that are in this book, but mostly relating to the things that are in this book. Yeah, right? So the story of Zacchaeus is a great picture of how we, like me and you, can be involved in the work of evangelism. And it really narrows down to just a couple of points. So let me start off just by reading and going through this a little bit with you. Okay, so Zacchaeus, right? Zach? Let's call him Zach because Zacchaeus is kind of long. And what I want to say is this. We're going to set the scene. I want you guys to kind of be there with Zacchaeus, with Jesus. As, as he's entering Jericho, he's got this big crowd that's around him. Everybody loved to be around Jesus. And Zacchaeus has heard something, right? I want you to kind of think about it this way. How many of you have ever seen that old 80s movie called Red Dawn? Patrick Swayze was in it. They did a remake not too long ago. It wasn't as good. But um, we're not talking Dirty Dancing. We're talking Red Dawn. And the whole premise of the movie is this. Patrick Swayze is in a group of buddies, and I think it was up in like Minnesota or Michigan or something like that, but the Russians back in the 80s actually invaded the United States. And, and not only that, but the military was able to come up and set, set up shop here in America, and they rounded people up that they thought would be troublemakers and rebels, and they began to run the U.S. Imagine if that happened today. Imagine, for example, if China and Russia decided to team up and come and invade the United States. And let's say they were successful. And they, they came in, they set up shop, they had military everywhere, and they began to run our government their way. You know what the Russian government's like. It's like full of corruption. It's in the, and taxes are high, right? And so we get these high taxes that are imposed upon us. And the Russians are kind of smart, and they're like, okay, well, we can... We're going to get taxes from the people, but let's, let's find some of the people that would be willing to do it for us. So they find an American who's willing to work for the Russians. And, and this, this American comes in and they say, hey, tell you what, we're going to make you a rich person. And what we're going to do is we're going to set you up as the local tax collector. We want you to collect so many taxes and give that to us. And we're going to give you the authority to charge whatever you want. You want to charge 10% more? Go for it. You want to charge 50% more? have at it. Heck, you can even get 100% more. And whatever you ask those people to pay, they have to pay or else we're going we're gonna to throw them in jail. Or maybe worse. And we're going to let you keep the extra. We're going to make you wealthy. And let's say a person actually does that. Let's say they become kind of like a Benedict Arnold. They're not, they, they're not willing to just kind of be whoever. They want some kind of money. They want some kind of importance. They want something they can't quite put their finger on. And so they take that job. And then they come and they extort you. 
their own people for their own gain. Man, what kind of person would do that, right? I mean, doesn't that sound horrible? That's Zacchaeus. That's exactly what Zacchaeus is doing. You see, the Romans had come in and they had set up shop in Palestine. And for the last 90 years, they were running things. And here's Zacchaeus, Zach. Zach is a Jew. But he's working for the enemy. And he's extorting his own people. That's what we see happening right here. And I want you guys to get a feel of the actual disdain and hatred the people have for Zacchaeus. And rightly so. This dude is terrible. Unreal. Jesus was going through the city of Jericho. In Jericho, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And here's how Luke describes him. Ready for this? He was a wealthy and very important tax collector. So there's the label. Everybody knew this guy. Oh yeah, there's the guy that cheated me out of what's rightfully mine. Oh, and he did it for his own gain and for the enemy. Oh, I can't even imagine. Think about how many friends this guy had, right? Mm -hmm. The only friends he had are the friends that wanted power or money. They didn't really care about him. He wanted to see who Jesus was. There were many others who wanted to see Jesus too, and Zacchaeus was too short to see a poor guy. He's a short fella, you know. He didn't, he didn't get the good genes, right? I have, I have four boys, all right? My first two boys are here, and then my second two boys are down here because I have, like, my, my mom's side of the family. I have some aunts, you know, that are about this tall, and my mom has the same thing. My wife has the same thing. And, and so she has, like, these Italian, uh, parents, you know, aunts and uncles that are all about this tall, like, literally this tall. I'm not even making this up. And so I have two boys that are just really tall, and then I have two boys that are really short. I don't know if they'll grow or not, but we'll see. And I'm kind of looking at them thinking, Mm-mm. like they're in the 10th percentile, you know, the other guys are in the 90th percentile, and they've been that way since birth. And the other guys, they're just way down there. Short guys. They have it rough. <laughs> but there's advantages. You don't whack your head when you get in the car all the time. Okay. So, poor Zacchaeus can't see, so he's not willing, he's not willing to let things be the way they are. There's something that's going on in his his heart and in his mind. He's heard some things about Jesus, and you've got to wonder, what has he heard? What has he heard about who Jesus is? Maybe he's heard the story about the woman who was forgiven in the synagogue. Maybe he heard the story of people being healed Who knows? But he knows that Jesus is a popular guy. Maybe he's looking for a little bit more influence. For whatever the reason, Zacchaeus puts himself in a spot. He goes and he climbs this tree where he knew Jesus would be coming by. And he kind of hides up in a sycamore tree. It was the leafiest tree in Israel. And so he can pretty much hide up there. And Jesus had a choice. He was on his way somewhere. He could, have, uh, he could have very easily just been like, how you doing? And kept on. But he didn't. He didn't. He actually stopped, took notice of Zacchaeus, and just said, hey, hurry up. 
come on down out of that tree because I want to stay at your place. When's the last time anybody ever said that to Zacchaeus? In fact, it says that Zacchaeus hurried and he came down right away. He was totally excited. Holy cow. This guy wants to talk to me. I love it. I love it. So right after Zacchaeus gets down, well, now... That's kind of where Zacchaeus hits the road and the rubber meets the road. And now all of a sudden, all the people are looking and they're like, what? Are you kidding me? There is no way. You know who he is, Jesus? Do you know what he's done to me, to my family, to our country, to our people? They began to complain, look what kind of man Jesus is staying with. Zacchaeus, and he's a sinner. Jesus is going to flip the paradigm on these guys a little bit. You know what they're doing? Is they're looking at Zacchaeus, and they're defining him by what he is doing, by his, by his actions. And he is really screwing it up. He's making enemies fast. He's betrayed people. He's lied to people. He's stolen from people. But Jesus shows him some kind of interesting grace. Jesus doesn't, doesn't go, oh yeah, there's that guy. Yeah, mm-mm, not, not going to hang out with him. But rather, he interacts with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus looks around and says, I want to do good, and I will give half of my money to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, I will pay them back four times. And Jesus said, today is the day for this family to be saved from sin. Yes, even this tax collector is one of God's chosen people. For the Son of Man came to find those people who are missing. Right? Jesus gives uh, Zacchaeus a new identity. Luke describes him as a rich man, as the head tax collector. The people describe him as a sinner. And Jesus said, here he is a son of Abraham. And one of the things that God is calling us to do is to help people realize their true identity, their their real identity, because they've lost it. People are walking around just struggling. They're looking for life. And there's only one thing that will give them that life. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of being able to share that life with other people. That's what evangelism is. Evangelism is sharing life with people. So how do we do this? How do we help people regain their identity, their true identity? How do we help people know who Jesus is, know what Jesus did for them, know how they relate to that? How do we help them make up their own minds about it? Well, that's that's what Young Life does specifically with high school kids. And we've been doing it now since 1941. And I've learned some really neat things I want to share with you. So one of the main things 
that uh, you have to realize is that it's not about tips and techniques. It really isn't. It's about the greatest commandment. It's in Matthew 22, right? Who knows the two greatest commandments? There's, this should be a pretty easy one. Come on. You guys got it. Right. Yeah, love God and love others, right? And that what it boils down to? Very good. Now, those two things put it all together and, and you do those two things and you're going to do evangelism. It's really cool. All right, I'm going to start off with uh, a quote here from uh, a buddy of mine, Pat Goodman, that I knew in Maryland. And he said this, Human flesh is still the best conductor of divine electricity. (laughs) It's a really good one. And of course, when he says still, you know, we're talking about Jesus, right? In order for God to show us what he is like, God put skin on and he showed up in our neighborhood. And Jesus today is still the fullest expression of God. You guys are very similar to that. You are God with skin on in many ways. Basically, we are now the temple because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And as we go, great things happen. Okay, so let's talk about how, what is this like love God, love others thing? How does that translate into evangelism, right? So here's what I want you to know. Abiding in Jesus is, is loving. Love is a relationship. You want to have a relationship with God. Abiding, John fifteen four. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Very good. And apart from me, you can do Nothing. So what can we do without Jesus? Not so much, right? Nothing. There's just nothing there. So abide. Your job is to be with Jesus. My job is to be with Jesus because you cannot give what you do not have. And it's going to change your perspective on people too. The ministry of reconciliation for the love of Christ compels us. How we see other people is really going to determine how much we interact with them. If you don't see, if I don't see all the kids at Eagle River High and all the kids at Chuyak High as deserving of God's love, if I don't see them as missing people whose real identity they don't even know, but their real identity are sons and daughters of Jesus. If I don't have a heart for them, I'm not going to bother going. But you have to create space in your life to do these things. You can't, it's just not going to happen. You want to abide in Jesus, you've got to create that space. You've got to get up early in the morning. You've got to do it. You've got to find time to be in the Word. You've got to find time to be in prayer. You've got to find time to do this be in church. We have to do it together. You cannot do it by yourself. It's, it's not made to be that way. The other thing is you have to be around other people. I'll close with a story like this. And it's a true story that happened just a couple weeks ago. But I was at McDonald's and I met a group of uh, high school guys and they were waiting for their order and one of them had a University of Maryland sweatshirt on. Well, I'm from Maryland. I'm like, no way. So I could have just said, hey, that's a cool sweatshirt. But instead, I went up. I'm like, hey, that's a cool sweatshirt. My name is Hop. And they're like, what's your name again? You know, and I'm like, Hop. And, and I met his buddies. 
And then I saw them again at the Chudiak pool a week later. And then I saw them again at McDonald's. And, and finally, I said, hey, guys, I need your, I need your phone numbers. They're like, why? I'm like, because we need to do something together. You guys are always having fun and, and doing some great things. And they said, yeah, what's this thing like Young Life? And I said, man, it's a party, man. Come and be with us. And they're like, okay. And they showed up. And these guys had no idea <laughs> what was happening. We, we actually talked about what is the Bible. You know, it was a very interesting thing. I didn't have to worry about trying to uh, convert them. I didn't have to worry about that. It will happen as God allows it to happen. My main thing was I needed to take an interest in them. You have people all around you. Be intentional. Spend time with them. Get to know who they are. Love them for who they are. Don't make them a project. We're not out to make them Christians. Only Jesus can change the human heart. And he will. And we get a chance to join in what God is doing, not the other way around. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission. We look at the Great Commission, we're like, yes, we need to go make disciples, right? But here's the thing, it's a lot more about what God is doing, not what we're doing. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. That's huge. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And here's the best part. And behold... I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Hey, thank you so much, Hop. Listen, if you want to know more about the ministry of Young Life, uh, you can stop and talk to Hop anytime. But if you want to be supportive, and I know you do, today we have an opportunity. It just so happens on this day when we're highlighting youth and we're talking about young life, we have soup for sale. Yeah, it'll, but it'll only be after the second service. Second service. Yes. So as you come back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as you come back for our pastor's reception, uh-huh. right? Yep, yep. Be intentional. Come on back. Grab some soup. And all the proceeds will help send kids like the ones you met in McDonald's Mm -hmm. to summer camp this year. So uh, come back and do that, would you? Come back, have lunch here, grab some soup. It's soup to go. You can take it it home with you and enjoy it. And it'll be uh, supporting Young Life. Hey, Hop, I'm going to pray with you right now. Let's bow our heads as we pray for Hop and the ministry of Young Life. Father, we thank you so... Excuse me. We thank you so much... For your work in the lives of our young people. Lord, today we've seen seniors up on the stage and their families. Lord, we recognize that as a result of your work in their lives. And Father, the good news is, is that we've had the opportunity to be a part of that. Father, I thank you for Pastor Mike. Uh, Lord, I, I, I thank you so much for the work of all those uh, who are involved and invested um, in, in our young people. Thank you for Ami as she leads our middle schoolers. Uh, Lord, thank you for all that you're doing. 
Father, this morning we thank you for Hop, and we ask that you would continue uh, to bless him and his staff as they work to reach kids in our community, Father, that uh, might not otherwise be reached through conversations that, Lord, lead to relationships, and, Lord, ultimately the most important relationship, and that's with you. Father, we pray that you'd bless Hop, Lord, you'd encourage him, and Lord, you'd use him mightily, not only in our church, but in our community at large, to touch the lives of our youth and their families in the name of Jesus. So we commit him to you now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, giving thanksgiving to you for him. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Hop. All right, thank you. I invite you to stand with us as we respond. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder, show me who you are and your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus, the name above every other name. Sing Jesus. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder, show declare this together. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and 
and uh, we'll pray for our morning offering. Father, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for those who have invested in our lives, for those conversations, for those who planted seed, for those who watered. Father, for those who are part of the harvest of your fruit in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I'm grateful. We are grateful for those who cared enough to listen and to talk and to share their lives with us and ultimately, Father, a part of our faith story, a part of your leading us into relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. We are so grateful for all those who have had a part in our lives. Father, today as we take this offering, we want to offer our lives to you. Father, we want to go from this place. We want to live life with those around us, with those on the fringes, with those who are watching from a distance. And Father, we want to live and just share Christ with others, both in word and deed, knowing that you'll do the rest. You just call us to be available and intentional. So, Father, we offer ourselves to you today to that end. And we also offer you these financial gifts, recognizing that all that we have is a gift from your hand. And so what we're doing today is giving back but a portion of what belongs to you because, Lord, it all belongs to you. And, Father, as we give today, would, would you remind us that what we give and what we do matters for eternity. And that as we give, others might come to know the joy of salvation in Jesus Christ. Father, we ask today that you would bless these gifts. And Father, I ask that your hand of blessing would extend upon all those who give them. To the honor and glory of your name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Some help. I don't That's remember okay. how the melody goes. That's okay. Just sing it for Let's me. Let's do quick. it. Thank you. I, I got it now. Thank you for the cross that you have carried. Thank you for the blood that was shed. You took the weight of sin upon your shoulders. Sacrificed your life so I could live. For the cross you have carried Thank you for your blood that was shed You took the weight of sin upon your shoulders And sanctified your life so I could live Now nothing is holding me back and resurrection thank you for the power of your blood I am overwhelmed by your perfection the kindness and the greatness of your love the kindness and the greatness of your Jesus 
Jesus, you're the King upon the throne. Thank you for the way you always loved me. And now I get to love you in return. And now I get to love you in return. Thank you, God. That is, we respond to your great, great, relentless and amazing love. We get to respond by loving you and loving others. It's our heart's cry this morning, God, that we would be a people set apart for your glory. Nothing between us Back to the heart, to the start of it all Where we found you Out of the ashes Into the fire You are refining our hearts in the flames Of your presence Set apart for our God above Set apart for the one we love Set apart for your glory We are yours, yours Sacred and holy your name is worthy Jesus awaken our hearts now to be Your revival Set apart for a God above Set apart for the one we love Set apart for your glory We are yours, yours Everything for you Everything for you alone Everything 
Hey, if you hadn't picked up a copy of this book, I believe there's some still available uh, at the uh, Connect window. Uh, I think we're going to be in, what, chapter 6, Evangelize with Your Ears next week, okay? So if you're reading, you can catch up, and that's where we're going to be. Hey, listen, as we go today, let's go remembering this, to be immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, in as much as you know, you know, your labor in Christ Jesus is not in vain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God bless you. Amen. Have a great Sunday.